Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. This is what we commonly call as Palm Sunday, the week that started out that final week in the life of Christ and the commemoration of all that led up to Calvary. So remembering that, thinking about that, I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb. Would you bow your heads and pray, Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house, thankful, Lord, for the price that was paid on Calvary. Thankful, Lord, that we can still gather in your name, in your house, with your people, and we can feel your presence, and we know you're here. You're in the midst of us, Lord, and we can, we can feel that. We know you're not far off in some distant galaxy, but you're here just as close as the mention of your name. And so we call upon that name of Jesus today, and we say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you did and what you continue to do, and Lord, we'll never forget it. We've gathered today, Lord, to commemorate that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated, and thank you for standing. In the human body, there are many different kinds of tissues. We define them as muscle, nerve, fat, gland, bone, connective tissues, etc. Bodies are incredible things, but all, these, all of these tissues have one thing in common. They are fixed cells microscopically small and having a, a very specific but a very limited function. But unlike these fixed issues or tissues that were mentioned, the blood is different because it is fluid and it is mobile and it's not limited to just one part of the body. But it's free to move throughout the entire body. In fact, that's what its function is. That's what its purpose is. It supplies all of those fixed cells with nourishment and carries off the waste products and the ashes of cell activity, a process that we commonly call uh, metabolism. And in the normal human body, there are about five quarts of this fluid, and this blood is pumped by the heart, and it circulates through the system about every 23 seconds, touching all of these millions and millions of cells. And this blood is constantly supplying all of those cells and all of those tissues with new life. And it's also on the round trip back cleansing and pulling away the, the waste of all of the cell activity. At the same time, it's in constant communication with every other cell that is in the same body. The blood is, is the most mysterious of all tissues, being composed of scores of elements and compounds and strange chemical bodies whose function is not fully understood but all of which have to do with the mystery of life for as the bible tells us and as we read in our text the life is in the blood once the blood fails to reach the cells and members of the body they promptly die no man ever dies until his blood ceases to circulate for the life is in the blood the church is called the body in the bible it is referred to as the body 
the book records, and I quote, we are members of his body and severally members one of another. When Jesus was here on this earth, there was a physical body that we refer to as the Son of God or that physical manifestation that God dwelled in that we call Jesus. But as Jesus ascended and went into heaven, the church became the body of Christ. Millions and millions of members. And in this body, Jesus Christ is the head. And then all born-again believers are the members. And these members are all related and connected by the blood of Jesus Christ. The life of each member literally depends on his blood and is dependent solely for life, nourishment, cleansing, and growth upon the blood of the Lamb of God. And that blood still flows today 2,000 years later touching every member's life, touching every individual's life that will say, Lord, I am lost and undone without you, and I need a Savior, I need some hope, I need a God, hallelujah, that I know is real. And when you give your heart to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, it is not just some practice or exercise of your mind, but it is a realistic experience of being born into the family of God. And the blood of Jesus cleansing us from the inside out. We know that when we study the life of Christ, and in particular the death, what took place at Calvary on that hill called Golgotha, we know that there are three things that Christ gave up on the cross. First of all, we know his blood. He spilled his blood off this cross and down into that Judean desert sand, and blood was lost and was left there. But it wasn't just his blood. It was also his spirit. The Bible says that at the point that he died, that he gave up the ghost. Ghost, of course, is an old English word for the word spirit. He gave up the spirit, and that spirit is life. All of us are made up of three things. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And so when you die, your spirit, your life is extinguished. He gave up that spirit on that cross. He gave up his blood. And then we also know when we read John chapter 19 and verse 34 that whenever the Roman soldier put the spear in his side, the Bible says that water came rushing out with the blood. So we know that there are three things that Jesus left here as he gave up his spirit, as he spilled his blood, and as water came rushing out of his side. Those three things, blood, water, and spirit, those three things Jesus laid down in that Judean desert. And they are the same three things, ladies and gentlemen, that it takes to be saved today into the body of Christ. It is still the blood that we must have, and we get that through repentance. It's not the physical application of his blood to our outward body. But ladies and gentlemen, we believe what the word of God says, that the blood of the lamb is an atonement for our sin so that all we have to do is ask God to forgive us uh, and supernaturally and spiritually the blood is applied to every mistake. It's applied to every scar. It's applied to every sin. And it washes us from the inside out. That is still a process that takes place all over the world every second that a man or a woman turns their heart to God. But it doesn't just stop there. It's also the water. It's through that. The Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
and we believe what the Bible says and what Peter preached and what Paul preached and what Jesus preached and what John the Baptist preached, that we must go down in the water. And when you go down in the water, there's no other saving name. The Bible tells us in Acts 4.12, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But when you go down in that water in Jesus' name, hallelujah, you come up out of that water and your sins are not only forgiven, but they are remitted or they are removed and forgotten and you're a new man or a new woman in Christ Jesus it still takes the blood and it still takes the water to be saved and it doesn't end there for it's also that Holy Spirit that Holy Ghost as we read about in the book of Acts and when you receive the infilling of his spirit there is that resurrection spirit that now becomes a part of your life because the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwelleth in you, that's that resurrection spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, the resurrection is not about just an Easter week. It's about you and I being filled with the spirit of God and living an overcoming life every day on Monday when you go to work, on Tuesday when you go to school. It is that resurrection spirit that no matter what you're going through, you say, I can overcome because if God be for me, who can be against me? And it's God's will that every single individual be filled with the Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit. For one day, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord's coming back for this church. He's coming back for a mighty church of all these nations and all these nationalities and kindred and tongue and language. I'm going to tell you what, it matters not what language you speak, the color of your skin, your economical background, where you came from, what your parents did, what your ancestry. I've come to tell you about a God, hallelujah, that through the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, washed us and made us all new creatures in Christ Jesus. Put a spirit, a resurrected spirit in us, and one day that trump is going to sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. That's not some fairy tale story. That's not something that was made up in the minds of an active imagination. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the word of God. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord said we are saved through the death, burial, and resurrection. That's the blood, the water, and the spirit. That's what Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 when the crowd gathered around. And they said, what must we do? What meaneth this? He said, you must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. And you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't it unique that the three things that God laid down at this cross are the three things that he gives back to us in the form of us receiving salvation? What a great God we serve. Let me tell you something about the God that you and I serve. You will not lose anything but that God won't give it back to you tenfold, twentyfold, twentyfold, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And all of it begins at the cross. That whole new life experience, ladies and gentlemen, it all begins at the cross. Let's focus for just a moment this morning on the blood. What an amazing thing, this blood of the Lamb. I think that we best understand by even illustrating it with what happens in our own bodies. Because we all understand that we have blood. And we understand that it's necessary. But the blood consists of a, a liquid vehicle called the plasma. It's a colorless liquid in which are suspended the various cellular components 
And then there's the solid part of the blood, and it consists mainly of three kinds of cells. They are called platelets, thin, transparent cells whose function is ever-expanding. There are the red cells or the erythrocytes and the concentration of about 5 million per cubic millimeter. These are the cells that carry the fuel to the tissues. And then there are the white blood cells or the leukocytes, which work in the defense of the body in combating infection. And other elements in the solution provide for the clotting of the blood when an artery or a vein is punctured and the antibodies prevent disease. Then we read that these red cells are so interesting. They contain a mysterious substance that's called hemoglobin. It's, a, it's an iron compound which has an affinity for oxygen, a fuel of the body. And these, these red cells traveling through the lungs come in contact with the oxygen and the air that we breathe and, and they sort of unite loosely with this and they form what's called oxyhemoglobin. And in that form they travel to all the cells and there they discharge their little cargo to the cell, thus providing it with the vital oxygen, oxygen that it needs for combustion and for heat. And then the blood, not wasting one second, not wasting any movement, the blood then picks up the waste products of the tissues, the carbon dioxide, the waste of tissue metabolism, the cell garbage, as it were, and then discharges it, takes it away from those cells, brings them life, takes away the garbage, and then discharges it through the kidneys and through the skin and the bowels and the lungs. And then as it does that, it refills again with another load of precious oxygen. And, and then it repeats the entire cycle again, taking 23 seconds for the entire trip through the body. The food that it carries to the tissues by the blood is the same vehicle that takes the garbage out. And yet there's never contamination. What an incredible creator we have. What an amazing God. Can you imagine that the garbage truck that visits your house at least once a week? <laughs> In the old days they came twice a week. Now they just give you bigger garbage cans and say we'll see you in a week. But can you imagine those same garbage trucks that come and pick up your garbage would also be the same vehicle that delivers your groceries? I'm sure the health department would have something to say about that. <laughs> but yet God in this incredible design uses the same vehicle to bring life and nourishment and then pulls all the junk out at the same time. As essential as the blood is to our human body, so is the blood of the Lamb essential to the body of Christ. We must have the blood of the Lamb in everything that we do for us to survive. It not only supplies us with the oxygen or the breath of God through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but it also washes us of our sins. It takes away all of the guilt and all of the pain and all of the hurt, and it cleanses us from the inside out. What a mighty God we serve. You say, is it possible that God could do it? Ladies and gentlemen, if he created these natural bodies, if he's the designer of these natural bodies, and he is, he can also do the same thing spiritually. And he does it through the blood of the Lamb. There was an old song that we used to sing when I was a kid. I think we ought to sing it some more. 
Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Oh, I see some of y'all sung that song before. Woo! Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you know what it's like to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Some of you know what it's like to have your sins forgiven. You didn't think there was any escape. You didn't think there was any way out. But when you bowed a knee of humility, there was a God that washed you with the blood of the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah. In Revelation, we read that the saints of God had washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment. Washing in blood and they become white. If you wash your clothes in man's blood, I can assure you that it will not be white. But in Christ, that spotless, sinless blood, when every cell, everything in your body, every attitude, every concept, every mistake, every sin, when everything in your mind emotionally and physically and spiritually and mentally and socially is washed in the blood of the Lamb, it comes out white, it comes out clean, it comes out pure. What a mighty God we serve. And then there's the white blood cells. They're larger, but fewer in number. They're normally about five to 7,000 per cubic millimeter, where the red, red blood cells were about 5 million for that same area. But the white blood cells can increase very rapidly in case of an emergency. The normal standing army of white blood cells is Let's say five to 7,000, let's use the number 7,000 per cubic millimeter. And they can double and even triple when trouble comes. When an infection occurs anywhere in the body, the body is under attack by an enemy army of germs. The news is flashed back to the camp where the white cells are manufactured. And immediately, the organ turns out more cells and rushes them to the point of infection. The white cells are the soldiers of the body. They attack the enemy by engulfing and surrounding it. They lay siege to the bacteria causing the trouble. If you prick your finger and an infection gets in it, it gets all red and swollen. That's because all the blood that's being rushed to the area. Messages going through the body. Go to the finger, go to the finger. We got problems in the finger. Go, 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 go now. This army is multiplying and rushed to the area. And when they get there, they're carrying all of these little soldiers. And they all go there and they surround the area. Millions of soldiers are gathered in one place and they fight to their death. Where they form something that you and I commonly know as pus. Yes, pus. You'll never look at pus the same. Oh, pus is gross. Pus is all of your dead soldiers. 
that went to fight for you. So now the battle begins to turn. The wound that was red and angry and swollen now comes to a head. The pus is expelled and the pus is made up of, of serum and dead soldiers. Millions of white cells which gave their lives in the battle of the body. Immediately the blood and other white cells come in. And they clean up the battlefield. And they build new tissue until it's all healed and nothing but a scar remains. Then the white cells return back to their normal peacetime number. They get back comfortable again. Sometimes there may be an internal infection like an appendicitis or something else going on. You don't see blood actually oozing from your body, but there's an infection going on somewhere. But they can, people that are in the medical field, and many of you in this building today are in the medical field, you know that they can prick your finger or take your blood, and they can see that the white blood cells are increasing in number. And though they don't see blood coming out of your body, there's something that's going, in, going on internally because your white cells are building a larger army, and there's a fight underway somewhere, though it may not be obvious. No wonder David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. What the blood is in our bodies and what it does in the time of danger is what the blood of Jesus does for the body of Christ. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10 says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. I don't know what the devil may be throwing your way. I don't know what infection may be in your spiritual life. But I know a God that has the blood of the Lamb that can overcome any crisis. Every time the enemy comes against you. Sometimes you can see it and sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's, it's in your blind spot. You don't even realize it. But the blood of the lamb, just like the blood of your body, responds. You don't even have to give it permission. You don't even have to notify it. It just knows there's problem. It goes to fighting for your family. It goes to fighting for your marriage. It goes to fighting for your kids. It goes to fight for your health. It goes to fight for your spiritual well-being. You may not even realize it, but the blood that was shed 2,000 years ago, without you even knowing about it, is building a bigger army. He's building a better army, and he's going to fight for you. I've come to encourage somebody in the Lord today. Don't give up. You're not by yourself. There's an army that God has prepared that will defend you and fight for you. Sometimes you do see it and you have to plead the blood. And you plead the blood by calling on the name of Jesus. You've got to call on the name of Jesus. I was praying for some people in our church that built a new house, beautiful house, and they asked me to come over this past week and pray. And I went around and prayed in their home and dedicated it and prayed in all the different rooms. And I felt the Holy Ghost while I was praying. And I called on the blood of Jesus. I said, God, I want you to protect this room. And 
I want you to protect this house. And I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I think every one of us understand that if you're going to try to live a righteous life, you're going to be under attack. There's going to be an assault. But I've come to tell you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't think I ever understood that, uh, but I don't know what infections are out there. Let me use the physical to illustrate the spiritual. I don't know what infections. I don't know what germs. They got, always got something coming up. They got a mosquito out of Brazil. They got something going on with, you know, the bird flu. And every once in a while, there's a new something comes along. And it's another something that's in the air. The Bible says that the enemy is the prince and power of the air. But I don't care what disease comes. Uh, there is blood in this body that's going to fight for me. Uh, so I say I understand that scripture. That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't know what the devil's going to throw your way, but I've come to tell you that what is within you is greater and bigger and more powerful. Would you lift your voices right now and would you call upon the name of Jesus? I plead the blood of Jesus. First John chapter 1 and verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Revelation records that the church is in heaven singing these words of Revelation 1-5. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Ladies and gentlemen, even when we receive communion, we are looking back. The Bible says to do it in remembrance of him. We don't just do it in some sort of an ancient tradition, some sort of ritualism. That's without purpose and meaning. Ladies and gentlemen, when we receive this communion as the Lord instructed us to do, we are saying that we recognize that salvation is directly tied to the price that was paid at Calvary. And that Calvary is still fighting for us. And it is still cleansing us. And for that, Lord, we say thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Jesus, for we believe, hallelujah, that the blood of the Lamb is still flowing into every member's life. It is still healing scars. It is still healing hurts and pains and things that happened to you as a child, that you were an innocent bystander, but yet it affected you. I've come to tell you, it's still the blood of the Lamb that cleanses us that washes us, still fighting for us. So today when we receive this communion, we take of that little cup and the little wafer. The Lord said, this is my body that is broken. This is my blood that was shed. We do it understanding that it's an obedience to the word of God, but it is a reminder that what took place over 2,000 years ago is still what leads us to a place of salvation in the year 2016. It's the blood 
of the Lamb. Have you been to Jesus? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Would you stand to your feet this morning? I feel the Holy Ghost in such a powerful way in this place. I can almost in the spirit feel the Lord just wrapping his arms around people and saying, I got your back, it's okay. I got you. I wonder right now all across this building, would you lift up your hands and would you lift up your voice? Would you say, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over every circumstance and every situation. I plead the blood of Jesus over my health. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over things that I may not even see or understand or recognize. But I know, Lord, it is by your blood, hallelujah, that I am cleansed from the inside out. I know it is by your blood that I am protected. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power and the authority of your Holy Spirit, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Richie's going to come and give you some more information, and then we're going to receive communion. And we ask that when you come down, you gather. You can't all get to the front in the aisles. We're going to gather together. And we ask that you would just hold uh, the wafer in the cup, and we're going to all receive communion together. And uh, then I'm going to ask Bishop Myers, who's a bishop of our church, to come and pray over all of us. And then we're going to receive communion. And then we're going to worship God. And I believe you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is in this place today. And he's just as close as the mention of his name. Would you receive Brother Richie at this time? All right, the ushers are getting in place and they'll be coming to your aisle. And please remember, go out to the right hand. All right. So all the ushers turn and face the audience there with your tray, and you turn, and you'll go out to the right side, and then please, when you come up, please push all the way to the front as far as you can. With this many people, the front will fill up quickly, and then we'll just slide in the pews behind. So please go out to your right, amen, and move all the way up to the front as the ushers come to your pew.
everybody have communion cups? Anybody in the back that does not yet? Anybody? Well, they Some right over here. We don't want to receive it without others. There's one or two here. Praise the Lord. Some of you ushers are just right. There's a couple of hands right over here. There's two right here. Praise the Lord. So one of you ushers or somebody just passed them back. There we go. Okay. Hallelujah. Don't you love the Lord this morning? Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Before we receive communion, we're going to pray. And when you do receive communion, you bend that little tab that's sticking out, bend it back, and there's a wafer on top, and the grape juice is underneath that. So let's pray together right now. We're going to pray and ask God to bless this time together in this communion. Jesus. We thank you so much, Lord, for the privilege to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this example that you gave us. Lord, you said do this in remembrance of you. And, Lord, we won't ever forget you. Oh, Lord, we do it to remember, Lord, that you shed your blood and your body was given and broken, Lord, that we might be saved. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the mercy that you have shown us. Thank you for the grace of God that you have given unto us, Lord, for we were so unworthy. But, oh, Lord, through your grace, your love, and mercy, Lord, you have made us to be your children. We ask you, God, to bless this communion at this time. Sanctify it, Lord. We ask you to bless every soul here, every man, every woman, every child. We ask you, God, to bless it with your blessings from heaven. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may now receive communion.
Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We know you're among us this morning. Oh, God, we magnify your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's everybody just lift our hands and worship him right now together. Everybody in the house, lift your hand. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Oh, Lord, thank you for the price you paid. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your suffering for us. Oh, Lord, you did it for us. You did it for us. You did it for us. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're the mighty God of heaven. You're the great creator. You're our savior, God. You're our friend that never, never leaves us nor forsakes us, Lord. For you have said, Lord, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. God, we magnify you. We bless your name. Bless this congregation this morning, Lord. We love you with all of our heart, Lord. We'll not forget you, Lord, in all things. Lord, we have come here this morning to glorify you and lift up your name and to praise you and to thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we do that from the depth of our heart. God, we magnify you, Lord, and we bless the holy name of Jesus that's above every name, God. And we praise you for your goodness and your blessings, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. David. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we bless your holy name. I feel in the Holy Ghost today to just say this. Whatever you, whatever you need the Lord to do for you, if you're here this morning and you've got a physical condition, we're going to pray right now. We're going to ask God to heal your body, and I want you to call upon the blood of Jesus. There's a situation going on in your life. Only you know about it. I want you to call it out. If not audibly, you can call it out from your spirit. And I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over it. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, I want you to call out to the Lord right now. God will wrap his arms around you. All across this building right now, would all of us, as the body of Christ, would you call upon the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every sickness in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray for healing and deliverance right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive us of every sin, Lord. Cleanse us by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your power and your spirit, Lord. You are the mighty God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the great and the mighty God. Hallelujah. Yes, it does. Hallelujah. And it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the love it is the blood that gives me strength. Oh, yeah, from day, day to day, day, it will never. help me pray for sister Sonia Pratt's right now would you lift your hand up right now in the name of Jesus we pray for our sister in the Lord we pray that the Holy Ghost would touch her Lord and heal her let the blood of Calvary be rushed to her assistance right now in the name of Jesus Christ we pray for Taylor Fobear Lord that you would continue to heal her body strengthen her Lord in the name of Jesus Christ we pray for Sister Rusticus, Lord, that you would heal her and touch her, strengthen her, Lord. We pray for Brother Joe Massa, in the name of Jesus. We pray for every member. Let the blood of Jesus be dispatched, Lord. Let it be dispatched, God, right now to their life, to their body. In the name of Jesus, every single person in this building today, hallelujah. We plead the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. We plead the blood over every home. We plead the blood over every family, every unsaved loved one. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As you're returning your cups to the table, um, you're dismissed. If you would like to uh, stay here at the altar, if you need special prayer, we invite you to do so.